You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 35 West Shelton Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Um, so in today's story that we're going to hear together, there is a literal messenger um, from the Assyrian army who is delivering lines, uh, lies, lines too, um, and putting fears into words uh, to the Jews that are living in Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, we're, so we're going to think more about what are, what are these messages that they heard and what are the messages we hear. I know that most, many of us aren't feeling uh, our best contrary to what it might look like on social media or other, um, uh, yeah, other social media messages, we aren't, we're all going through something. And I have noticed myself recently saying, nobody's okay right now. Uh, Just remember to treat people with uh, gentleness and with a lot of grace. But I think what I really mean when I say that is you're probably doing better than you think you are. And you aren't the only one struggling. Uh, The effects of the last three years are still very present. Uh, We've faced overwhelming threats, uh, very real challenges, ongoing heartache, difficult decisions, loss. Many of you are facing these things right now. They haven't gone away. So when you are tired, when you are exhausted, when you are overwhelmed, what are the scripts that run in your head? Again, we all have them. And today's text comes out of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, where um, the people of Jerusalem are facing this overwhelming threat of the Assyrian Empire. And there is this literal voice spewing things at them. So we'll see what it has for us today, but let me just pray for us before we go on. Oh God, you have been a shelter for every generation, a sanctuary from the storm. May we experience uh, that sense of safety now in your presence and with one another Make yourself known to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we read a story from um, Micah, the prophet Micah, the book of Micah. And he was a prophet who lived in the lowlands, in the farmlands, and he spoke truth to the centralized power in Jerusalem. This week we're with Isaiah, another prophet. He was a prophet in the capital Um, of the southern kingdom of Jerusalem, and he was called upon by the king regularly. During Isaiah's lifetime, the Assyrian empire to the north is expanding. So they're coming down from the north, and they're brutally conquering city after city, taking the territory. The capital of the northern kingdom, Samaria, had already been destroyed, And where we're picking up today, um, all the fortified cities in the southern kingdom have already been captured. 
Hezekiah is the king of the southern kingdom, and uh, Jerusalem is the capital, and the Assyrian army is coming for Jerusalem. One more bit of context. They have just captured the city of Lachish, and Dr. Jim Getz, who's over there, knows a lot about this. So if you want a lot of gory history, please talk to him. Um, but he told me there's actually some relief um, stone panels that have been preserved um, that the Assyrian king, um, Sennacherib, had etched scenes of his conquering um, the territory of Lachish to preserve this story of this brutal takeover of the city. So they are preserved and on display in the British Museum in London. You can search them. I have included just one, so you get an idea. Oh, sorry, before I get to it, this map gives you, I know it's hard to read the little um, wording here. It is a map of the um, Assyrian Empire. So that tan, that whole tan area is the Assyrian Empire as it's expanding. Um, down to the northern kingdom of that green tip there on the left. Um, and as they conquered these territories, they would deport the people. They would destroy the towns and deport the people. And they would send them to live in other parts of the Assyrian Empire that were um, different from, from you know, their homeland. And so... In that way, they would subdue the people because the people, they would kill all the leaders, deport um, you know, the commoners, and then they would have to rely on the Assyrians to um, survive and to assimilate. So this is the, a map of the deportation of the northern kingdom of Israel up into um, Assyria. Okay, so then there's the relief this is the stone relief, one of them depicting this brutal takeover of Lachish. And the, the um, commander of the, this army is now sent to Jerusalem. So he and his army move up to Jerusalem, and that's where we're picking up today. We'll come back to that, sorry. <clears throat> I'm just going to read to you first. So the text is happening in Isaiah 36 and 37. I'm just going to read chunks of it. So if you want to read the whole thing, um, I hope you will go um, re you know, explore all of that another time. But at the beginning of verse, or chapter 36, the Assyrian king, Sennacherib, um, sent his field commander from Lachish, together with a large army, to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. And the palace administrator, the secretary, and the recorder were sent out to meet them. So the commander says to this palace administrator and the secretary, my master didn't send me to speak to just you and your master, but to all the men on the wall, all the soldiers who were, who were set up there. So then the field commander stood up and shouted in Hebrew at the top of his voice so that all the people could hear and understand, listen to the message of this great king, 
Assyria's king. The king says this, don't let Hezekiah lie to you. He won't be able to rescue you. Here's the, the text. He won't be able to rescue you. Don't let Hezekiah persuade you to trust the Lord by saying, the Lord will certainly rescue us. This city won't be handed over to Assyria's king. Don't listen to Hezekiah because this is what the Assyrian king says. Surrender to me and come out. Then each of you will eat from your own vine and fig tree and drink water from your own well until I come to take you to a land just like your land. It will be a land of grain and new wine and a land of bread and vineyards. Sorry, I want to make sure you can follow along with me here. <clears throat> yeah, don't let, don't let Hezekiah fool you and say, the Lord will save us or rescue us. And then he goes on to say, did any of the gods of these other cities save them? And he lists their, their cities and their gods. Did any of them save them? Nope. We took them all. Um, he says, will the Lord save Jerusalem from my power? This commander of the army is um, a master of propaganda. He knows what he's doing. Again, he shows up, and he, he refuses to talk to the people right in front of him. He says, no, no, this is a message for everyone. He wants to instill fear in all of them. And as you could see from that relief there, there, there has been brutal takeovers happening. So they know what has happened, and the people are full of fear. When Hezekiah heard this, he ripped his clothes he covered himself with mourning clothes, and he went to the Lord's temple. He sent the palace administrator and the secretary and the senior priests to the prophet Isaiah. They were all wearing mourning clothes, too. And they said to Isaiah, Hezekiah says this, Today... Today is a day of distress, punishment, and humiliation. It's as if children are ready to be born, but there's no strength to see it through. I want to pause right there because that line has been with me all week. I don't know exactly what the king is trying to say, but it's... Uh, pretty curious to me that the king of Jerusalem would say this at this moment. I have my reference point from giving birth, right? So I was thinking about how when I gave birth to my two children, I had a plan. I thought I knew how I wanted it to go, where I wanted it to happen. And when it came down to it, I was in, in labor for 23 hours. And I ended up having to be transferred to the hospital from the birth center I was spent, I was exhausted, I was dehydrated. And we had tried all the things at the birth center. 
It was clear to all of us, the midwives, the doula, Steve, that I just couldn't keep going. I didn't have, I didn't, I, I, I couldn't keep going the way it was going. Um, so I think that this metaphor that the king is pointing out the fact that there is something good that's going, it's waiting to be brought into the world. People might be, the people of Jerusalem might be ready for a new chapter, but they are scared and exhausted, and this is the end of the line. They are worn out. They are overwhelmed. Here's this moment of possibility, and there's no strength to see it through. They feel completely overwhelmed by these forces coming at them. And the alternative, think about, and you think about birth for them at the time, you know, if there's not the strength to see it through, to bring the child into the world, um, if the baby is not coming out, everyone dies. So there is no future. There's so much pressure built up in this moment, but they can't make it go away or make it go the way it needs to go. They can't see it through properly or safely. I think that's what the king is saying with this metaphor. It's terrifying. It's painful. Um, they can see the end, and they don't know how they're going to make it through. Then through the messengers um, to Isaiah, Hezekiah goes on. He says, sorry, I'll just read this one to you. He says, perhaps the Lord your God, he's talking to Isaiah, perhaps the Lord your God heard all the words that the field commander who was sent by his master, the Assyrian king, he insulted the living God. Did you hear what he said about you? That's kind of what he's saying. Perhaps he will punish him for the words that the Lord your God has heard. Offer up a prayer for the, those few people who still survive. When Hezekiah, King Hezekiah's servants um, finished saying all of this, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, the Lord says this, Don't be afraid of the words, at the words you heard, which the officers of the Assyrian king have used to insult me. I'm about to mislead him, so when he hears a rumor, he'll go back to his own country, and then I'll have him cut down by the sword in his own land. Isaiah's word to the messengers, to King Hezekiah to the people of Jerusalem, do not be afraid of the words that you heard. I'm about to do something. That's what he's saying. This reminds me of the story of the people of Israel at the Red Sea. That story has been um, often referred to as a birth of the people of Israel, when, as God provides for them by parting the Red Sea. And Moses, at the edge of the Red Sea, says to the people a similar thing. You don't have to do anything. Be still. God is going to do something. So right here, Isaiah is saying a similar thing. Don't be frightened. You don't have to do this. 
God is going to do something. And the story goes on, and they are saved. The people are delivered in a very particular way. So you might be interested to finish the rest of the story. Um, But for the text that we have today, we're going to stop there and just consider um, again, going back to the voices in our heads. When we are worn down and exhausted, when there's so much pressure built up, after we've endured what we've endured, and maybe even feel like we've drawn down our resources of our um, whatever reserves we have in our faith, we're also susceptible to voices in our heads and even those around us that want to take over. Like that messenger from Assyria, the commander, there are well-prepared and powerfully crafted narratives that are working against us to destroy us. So take a moment to think about what does that look like in your own life, in your own head? Sometimes we're so familiar with those scripts, we don't even recognize they're happening. We don't even recognize the messages that are getting reinforced over and over. I think there are three patterns in what the commander of the Assyrian army uh, was saying that could help us maybe or show up in our own stories. One pattern of these voices is that they erode trust. Where he started, the commander said, don't let Hezekiah lie to you. Your leader lies to you. He's planting that idea that your leader who you trust lies. He won't be able to rescue you. Don't let Hezekiah persuade you to trust the Lord. So he's undermining their leader He's making it sound like Hezekiah persuades the people, like he's manipulative. I think these voices that are working against us do similar things to erode our trust. They also make, he also makes false promises. He goes on to say, each of you will have your own fig tree and vine and you'll drink the water from your own well when I, you know, take you to a land that's just like yours. And as you saw on that map, the Assyrian Empire is deporting people intentionally to subdue them. They're not going to get uh, or be in a place that is home that provides for them. There are false promises that play in our minds promising that things will um, uh, be what they are not. The commander also fed the fear of the people. He um, basically was saying it's pointless to fight. Look at how bad it is out there. Did you see what we did to all those other cities? God won't save you. You're on your own. Fear tends to overwhelm our ability to fight. It taps into our despair and hopelessness. So if the, if the people didn't believe that any other outcome was possible, they stopped trying. They don't even try to put up a fight. These voices in our heads can feed our fear in ways that make us feel helpless or hopeless. 
and overwhelm our sense of agency, our willingness to, to try. Isaiah the prophet, he responds and says, don't be afraid at the words you hear. Don't believe them. It's not that easy to just tell ourselves that, right? When we find ourselves uh, thinking these things, hearing these lies in our own minds. Even if you can't discredit them for yourself, maybe the voices in your head are an insult to God. Cry out to God even on God's own behalf, like, Isaac, like Hezekiah did, even if you can't do it for yourself just yet. Isaiah says, don't believe the, the words of blasphemy. God, God has, um, God's engaged here. God is going to do something. Don't give up. But you don't need to muster a fight or an army to counter this pressure, this force that's coming at you. You can't. They were literally in, uh, unable to counter the power of the Assyrian army. Isaiah says that when he hears a, a rumor, he will go back to his own country. God's going to do something that doesn't even involve you. But what Isaiah or what Hezekiah did do is that he ran to God and he went to Isaiah. He took the steps he could do. He ripped his clothes. He ran to the temple of the Lord. He sent his messengers to Isaiah. The narrative lectionary adds one more section of text at the end of this whole story, and it's, it's back at the beginning of Isaiah. And it's a vision of the Lord's mountain that Isaiah had concerning Judah and Jerusalem, this city that's about to be sacked. And in his vision, he says, in the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of the mighty nations. And then they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning tools. Nations will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. The vision Isaiah had from God was that the people of God and nation against nation would not make war anymore. The weapons they ha that had been used for death will be turned into tools for life, for cultivating and growing what sustains, not what cuts down. And while I believe that passage has some very real uh, implications, literal implications about weapons and war, um, just for today, there may be other battles that you are fighting. What voices are shouting lies at you? 
Notice the ways that they are directing you. Don't be afraid. It's not that simple, I know, but the message from Isaiah was, hold on, God's at work here. God's going to do something that is not out of your own strength. Don't be afraid. Run to God. King Hezekiah did that. He ripped his clothes, he put on mourning clothes, and he went to the temple of the Lord. Being in the presence of God, spending time in worship, reaching out to the prophet Isaiah for a word of hope, crying out for God to intervene. You may need to run to the house of God yourself or tear your clothes or find your Isaiah. Find the people in your life who can surround you and pray on your behalf and speak into your fear. Interrupt the voices in your head. Be the words of encouragement at mile 19. Don't be afraid. Don't believe the words that you hear. Relate to God and God's people. God is still working and will intervene beyond what you can imagine. Let me pray for us. God, help us to trust you, to move towards you and one another, to not stay alone with the voices that will tear us down. Speak your words of hope to us, even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.